the new channel. The new channel. Hashtag TNC Now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the host, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the new channel. Our passion transforms a community that sees all things new. I'm Nato Agbayani, streaming live from Quezon City. Good evening and welcome to the new channel here on Hashtag Parasabayan. Welcome back. Hi, Ariza. Hello. Hi, Sir Nato. And good evening to everybody watching today. Um, so today's episode really feels exciting to me. And Sir Nato, I'll go ahead and introduce sure, our sure. speaker and guest for today. So I'm right. so happy to have the opportunity to invite him for the show because he is a colleague who I've seen developing his advocacy through the years. And I'm honestly personally so inspired about kasi nakita ko po yung organization nila start and then grow and then um, basically expand into different directions and um, this person is no other than Marlon Julian Nombrado. So Marlon, my friend, is the co-founder of Out of the Box Media Literacy Initiative or OOTB, a Philippines-based educational nonprofit that creates innovative learning tools and experiences that foster media literate Filipinos, something that's very important nowadays. Along with his organization, he was awarded first prize in the 2021 Global Media and Information Literacy Awards wow. of the UNESCO MIL Alliance. He has published reference materials, taught in hundreds of workshops, and produced media can campaigns on how to critically and responsibly engage with media for civic good. Marlon is also an alumnus of the International Visitor Leadership Program, or IVLP, the premier exchange program of the United States State Department for Emergency Emerging foreign leaders. Besides his work in OOTB, he also teaches media studies at the University of the Philippines, Baguio. So, Marlon, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you here. Welcome, Marlon. Hello, hello, Sir Nato. 
Yes, yes. You're teaching in UP Baguio. Yes, I teach in UP Baguio. Oh, Kakababa okay. ko lang actually from Baguio kanina. Nagbiyahe ako from Baguio pabuntang QC ngayon. So I'm I'm streaming from QC this evening. Good, good. Magandang right. gabi, Ariza, Sir Nato. Yes, magandang gabi din sa'yo. And I think the first place we usually start with our conversations here at Para Sabayan is to really ask our guests, anong hugot mo? Where is all of this push towards service and advocacy coming from? So tell us, how do you think that spark to create Out of the Box started? Right. Uh, the story started eight years ago already, no? right after my friends and I, Sarah and Darlene, graduated sa UP Diliman. So we're all journalism uh, students. We graduated in 2014. Um, we're all coming from the same degree program, same organization. Nung pagka-graduate namin, medyo nagkaroon kami ng, ng ano ba, separation anxiety from the usual grind of, of doing organization work when we were still students. So even before um, getting employed into the, our first jobs, naisip namin gumawa ng project where we can share what we learned in UP MassCom basically. No? So as journalism graduates, aside from the practical skills of writing, producing stories, uh, malaking porsyento ng tinuro ng MassCom sa amin is yung critical engagement with what we watch, what we consume, the kind of news that we read. So those are the kind of topics that we really wanted to talk about in the first series of workshops that we organized. Kasi um, ang hugot talaga namin nung time na yon. wala pa yung usapin ng fake news ha, noong 2014. So, but we were very much um, familiar with issues of media bias, for example, of how certain news stories are slanted to support certain agenda, for example. So, yun, dun kami nagsimula, no? We really wanted to teach how to critically watch not only news articles, by the way, but we were also very interested with movies, with commercials, paano yung representation halimbawa ng gender sa mga um, products ng shampoo. No? So initially, we did a series of workshops targeted to college-level students. And then eventually, 2016, na-introduce yung media and information literacy subjects sa senior high school. So that's the time that we added to our uh, main beneficiaries or targets yung teachers. Kasi nakita namin na kailangan-kailangan talaga nating i-train not only the teachers of this specific subject, but all teachers, no? Kung yes. paano nga ba ituro yung media literacy sa ating mga kabataan today. Yun. So, very interesting, Marlon, kasi parang technically speaking, we have not had, um, well, most of my classmates in college or I think my colleagues were also in mass communications and well, my sisters came from UP as well um, in mass communication. So parang I'm thinking, no, uh, as, as media is taught these days, it's, it's a lot different because uh, when you're talking about journalism, uh, you're taught to be objective, etc., etc. But um, let, let's, just, let's just, again, call a spade a spade. Imagine mo, no, nung time ng, um, uh, I, I won't call it during... I mean, during the time of uh, President Duterte, or even prior to that, we we, we had a lot of, ano, shall we say, um, 
um, information that supports the current administration. Diba? Uh, I don't mean to critique wh whether the administration is good or, or bad. That's not the point. But there were a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, information that was really slanted towards um, favoring the current administration and well usually the people who do that are people also in the in the government media infrastructure diba so parang ganito like if i were from let's just mention it because we don't we don't have ano naman no competitors here on PNC parang PTV4 or Philippine Information Agency or Philippine News Agency well, that's within the, the range of the government infrastructure for media. So more or less, the, they would be practicing objectivity with a bit of a slant towards a favoring government right? or the administration. But you could see a lot of private sector or um, how do you call it? So-called independent sources that were favoring government. So because we came from an era <laughs> an era where there was no press freedom which is uh, i think we we did that on ed's uh, analysis diba uh, ariza there was really nothing everything was government infrastructure or media infrastructure there was no facebook there was nothing to balance it with except for alternative media and uh, uh ano, underground media mm -hmm. so uh, but now that it's so, shall we say, malaya or free. But you have the ano, diba? proliferation of... Uh, hindi nga niya sinusuppress yung freedom ng media, but it slants towards a specific uh, bias, diba? Na very strong. <laughs> tama, but, tama yan, Shernato. How do you manage that? Which is, to me, kasi nun, diba... Uh, Black is black and white is white. But now everything's gray. So how do you teach that? I don't know. Do you, what do you think, Marlon? Actually, let me bring up yung isa sa mga topics that we always like to talk about in our uh, workshops. No? Yung concept ng post-truth. Uh, you probably are familiar with it as well. No? Kasi yes. kasabayan ng pag-uso ng term na fake news, Noong 2016, oh. naging interest din to ng maraming mga media scholars and political scientists yung notion mm -hmm. ng post-truth. Na ang ibig sabihin, people make decisions not based on facts, but because of, but based on uh, personal beliefs and appeal to emotion. No? So yeah. I think that's a very um, unique quality of our information landscape to there, uh, today compared mm -hmm. to what Sir Nato was describing before, no, during the martial law era, na ibang-iba, pero um, mahirap ikumpara kasi nga magkaiba siya. Pero sa experience natin ngayon, uh, there are really unique um, strategies that we have to think about in order to teach people about, say, for example, um, determining the reliability of a specific information. No? Um, actually, in Out of the Box, Aside from teaching uh, our students uh, the basics, the fundamentals of fact-checking, we're also trying different approaches where, for example, we really make sure that um, our students reflect on their own biases and how these biases affect the way they interact with media. No, hindi enough na basta alamin mo lang yung fake tsaka yung fact. Dapat alam mo din, bakit nga ba 
sobrang um, sobrang umaabot ka na sa pagiging fanatic for example ng yes. isang particular na source of information maybe that has something to do already with your own biases no so uh, this is part of MIL that sometimes we uh, forget should be no at the center of the discussion yeah that's very interesting um so you did mention earlier that MIL is already part of the curriculum and that's something that our schools are starting to teach. Um, but how has your work with youth, parang, what has been the reaction so far working with young people? Because they're the ones who are admittedly most exposed to social media and all these fake news, TikTok videos, alam naman natin na sobrang daming fake news and proliferate through TikTok yes. uh, during the elections a uh, few yes. months back. So how has it been, you know, working with young people who will also, you know, um, be very instrumental in uh, determining how people and Filipinos access and understand the media in years to come. Mm -hmm. Definitely talking to young people about media is, uh, is a fun conversation to have. No? Mm -hmm. Because as you said, Arisa, talagang babad. Babad sa social media yung marami sa mga kabataan natin today. Um, but I guess what uh, these conversations look like is there should always be that aha moment no or that oh uh, moment no na um yun yung ino-offer ng media literacy eh. another way of looking at things or at least a certain way of teaching media literacy has to uh, allow students to reflect on their own media preferences and media habits now for example even though a young person would be very much into tiktok um, siguro yung kanyang engagement lang sa TikTok ay nakafocus dun sa kanyang very narrow interests. For example, if a person is really into K-pop or video dance challenges, yun at yun yung ipapakita ng TikTok algorithm sa kanya, no? Yes. And if i-engage mo sa isang media literacy training uh, like we offer, we try to make them realize that beyond this this very narrow uh, stream of types of video content that they consume, sobrang dami pang um, hindi nakakapasok dun sa filter bubble nila. No? Yeah. So, there are so many of these concepts that we try to introduce in these kinds of uh, media literacy training that we offer para uh, bukod dun sa na-enjoy nila kasi nga it's very relevant to them, there's always that aha moment no? na meron silang bagong nakukuha dun sa mga training yeah. Jigura, uh, I just want to ask a question because we were used to, there was a certain period in our history where you were always having, oh, okay, um, broadsheets, these are the, the, the right source of information. TV, these are, these are the institutions that are the right source of information. Now, a lot of the social media platforms have democratized that space. And, you know, before, uh, oh, I got that from CNN or something like that. Or I got that from ABS-CBN News or GMA News Channel, whatever. Now, everybody's doing content. Then everybody is, like, becoming a source of, uh, uh, a source of information, whether it is backed up by data or it is backed up by research. That, that, that has become a very... There's a blur, blurry line out there already, and everybody's creating content that 
In fact, that's what we were talking about during our planning in TNC. Sabi na, everybody's a content creator. But where do you draw the line, for example? Kasi, of course, you, you, you speak about media literacy, but um, are there like uh, are there studies, for example, on, of course, there are, I suppose, the use of TikTok or the use of social media platforms and how, how it has improved or not improved learning or education of people because i think i think social media by 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 the platform itself um will soon be uh, or is already the the really the real source of information and therefore uh, knowledge and education so parang ganun, how do you how do you um find out now who's the who's the source who's the uh the I mean, aside from saying it's uh, fake news or this is where you get the right news, how how do you determine that? I mean, are yeah. they like, hey, I'll give you five, the TikTok, five psychological facts about uh, relationship. Thank you for giving us an idea, sir. Nato, gagawarin kami ng ganon, no? Five yeah. media literacy facts. Pero tama yun, ang dami nating pwedeng himayin din sa sinare ni Sir Nato, no, na one of which is yung pag-collapse nga ng uh, tinatawag natin na gatekeeping uh, function yes. no, or authority ng mga tinatawag natin na mainstream or legacy um, media. no, Ito yung mga uh, naka-establish na ng... Uh, credibility ng reputation because of the rise of internet ito nga yung ginagapit natin na term no it has democratized so many things and one of which is yung access natin to information nung nagsisimula yung internet all of the media scholars or at least most of them were very very optimistic about it that because of this democratization no uh, if you still recall yung context ng arab spring how facebook how social media was used to um start revolution no sa 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 Arab world pero after noon after a few years biglang naiba na yung tono no we now reach a point na information overload na and how this information overload hasn't really translated into knowledge so True. i think what a lot of media literacy scholars are saying right now is we have to emphasize that no that information does not equate to knowledge na hindi ibig sabihin na may access yung tao sa napakaraming impormasyon ay automatic magiging matalino sila and this is where media and information literacy really comes in no how do you translate yung information na accessible sa tao into useful knowledge and not only knowledge for knowledge sake uh, we would like to emphasize the civic component of media literacy no how do we use uh, information, how do we use media for community building, for uh, forwarding advocacies. Um, yung sinasabi ni Sir Nato kanina na, um, for example, mga tips no, on how to say whether or determine whether a source of information is reliable or not. Siyempre marami sa mga media literacy organizations would still rely on the rule of thumb na go to verified news no punta kayo sa mga mainstream news outlets and you can trust them we all, we we still say that 
right? We still we still say that in out of the box because we also have our own list of trusted news organizations. But at the same time, we also advocate for what we call alternative uh, sources, no? Or alternative sources of information. Like for example, in our case, no, dito sa TNC, um, hindi dahil hindi backed by big uh, company yung TNCA, hindi nyo na siya papanoorin. So, um, it's very important na hindi nalilimitahan doon sa tinatawag na mainstream sources of information yung ating um, pinagkukuna ng impormasyon. Uh, instead, we have to really try to spend time to digest and critically analyze yung reputation ng isang source so that we can trust them or not. Yeah, really good stuff there, uh, Marlon. Um, when you were talking about yung yun nga, parang ang daming information, but is it really actually, you know, giving us the facts that we need to get by with our lives? Um, there's this thing, right, called signal-to-noise ratio na sobrang daming noise, but what really are the signals there that are important to us? So that's one thing I think that I got from you. And another thing you mentioned was social media. Uh, I know that you work with a lot of stakeholders, uh, media, government, private sector, public sector. But social media, diba, alam naman natin that Facebook, TikTok, and all these companies really do have their own algorithms to um, push forward certain news items or articles or materials that are usually controversial and polarizing because that is what breeds the most likes and the most shares. Um, so, Siguro, what do you think about this, you know, this force of these algorithms on social media? And also, have you been working with entities like social media companies in media literacy? Right. Uh, definitely agree ako din sa sinabi mo, Arisa, no? Media literacy, as with so many of our advocacies, should be um, taken on in a multi-stakeholder, multi-sectoral approach, no? And yung role ng social media platforms ng big tech sa media literacy ay napakalaki, no? We consider them as both our problem and also the solution to our problem. So medyo, contra medyo contrasting, medyo oxymoronic. Pero um, for us, in Out of the Box, we've had many opportunities to work with Facebook, for example, Meta, uh, their office here in the Philippines to do digital media literacy training. Like, for example, Facebook uh, had launched no, and are still continuously working on uh, digital media literacy programs. They call it Digital Tayo. And we like to support, no? we support these kinds of initiatives from platforms where they offer these kinds of trainings to um, primarily yung mga users ng kanilang platform on how to make sure that they follow the community standards, that they are familiar with it in the first place, that they are aware of how uh, to determine whether something is reliable or not. The only limitation nitong gantong klase ng mga program is, syempre, hindi nila babanggitin na um, ano yung mga faults halimbawa ng social media why why social media algorithms are actually suspect to the spread of this information so dun papasok yung mga original namin na inputs no so we're not limited to only supporting the um, the training programs that are designed by the platforms 
at the same time, we're very happy that, with again, the example here is Meta, the office they have here in the Philippines. I'd like to commend no, yung kanilang office, yung kanilang, um, what do they call this again? Um, public policy team, no? yung public policy team nila, that they really provide opportunities for civil society organizations like us, out of the box, and other digital rights uh, communities are able to um, have dialogue with them, no? to express exactly ano yung mga grievances ng civil society organizations on how we can make Facebook a safer, a better place for uh, Filipinos. Marami ng gantong klase ng mga uh, dialogue and meetings that we've had with Meta. So these are very important steps uh, that we take aside from merely teaching uh, students and teachers. Meron ding gantong component, yung media literacy community, that we are able to engage with all of these different stakeholders, including as well, of course, government like DepEd, DICT, kung paano pa natin may improve yung MIL agenda dito sa bansa. And I'm sure um, Sir Nato has more questions, pero gusto ko lang i-point out na kanina, you commended Facebook. And I think that's good because um, I think even when we're working with, in situations or circumstances that we have partners who um, maybe could also be the source of the problems we face, parang we have to understand that these institutions are not monoliths. Kahit ano namang organization, you know, there are... Um, good people, they're maybe not so good people, they're good practices, they're not so good practices. And I do commend organizations like Facebook or Meta that are starting to realize that uh, grabe and sobrang varied and diverse ng impact ng social media to our lives. And maybe um, now is a, the time for them to be more proactive, to understand what those effects really are and to um, steer the platform towards directions that hopefully will be good for humankind. So um, I just wanted yeah. to put it out there so people can yeah. understand as well that you know, whenever you log on to Facebook, there are also people there on the other side of the screen, you True. know, coding those algorithms and creating those uh, interfaces and everything. And we can work with them to you yeah. know, change things. So yeah, I thanks for that, Marlon. I think Arisa, the important thing is that the dialogue uh, is the communication lines are open right? between the big institutions that really influence in a very great way in terms of algorithm and even AI and machine learning. All this, because in itself, it's also an institution right? and a stakeholder at the same time because their sustainability is also dependent upon the users. no? So... Um, uh, maybe later, uh, we're about to go into a break, but maybe siguro my concern is really, there's, there's I think there's a very big, uh, shall we say, a very big value that media information literacy needs to to, to uh, throw out there, no? which is basically the, the creation of uh, social social impact for good and uh, no, no, um, building communities, as you said earlier. So maybe later, We'll dive a uh, deep dive more into that. Uh, we will just go right into a break so we can uh, we can <laughs> we can get the, our messages out there. Especially Ariza is going to join the uh, GWWR, our Global Women Who Rule uh, conference, which is happening on March twenty five. 
Um, so we'll go right into a break and we'll see you later, Marlon and Ariza. Ariza, uh, no. Hello, welcome back. <laughs> Ayun, no? Nakamute. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> so, ang dami ko nasabi, pero at least naka-visual ano, naman. So, yes, so, yes. It was all there naman po. Okay lang. It was lang. all there. Sayang. Kaya lang for the ano, uh, HIs, the hearing impaired, medyo nagka-problema tayo doon. But anyway, uh, keep watching... Um, TNC here, hashtag para sa bayan, of course, all our other shows. Yon. 
Okay, Ariza, let's get back to our host, uh, to our guest. <laughs> yes, let's bring back Marlon. And grabe nagulat po ako, Sir Nato, na naka-30 minutes na po tayo kasi parang nakaka-apat or lima pa lang tayo na questions. And Kaya nga. Napakaganda ng usapan eh. At I mean, um, actually, this is usually the case uh, para sa bayan na there's really yeah. not enough time to discuss everything we want to discuss. But I think going from the break, Marlon, um, I yeah. want to learn more about out of the box. I mean, I know a lot about it already. I follow you on social yeah. media. I follow your newsletter. Um, I wanted to learn more about what successes you've seen in out of the box. Because we all know that this yeah. is a very challenging advocacy itong pinasok and also, um, what challenges you see before you? Na I'm sure there are a lot of. Right. Um, in terms of successes, I guess I want to start with the projects that we did during the period of the pandemic. No, obviously a very challenging time for many civil society organizations. When COVID nineteen hit, we also had to redirect our. Um, efforts to the more relevant uh, problem at that time, no, which is, of course, the lockdowns, the spread of COVID-19 misinformation, and the shift to remote learning. So in no, 2020, we did this project called EWAS Fake Remote Learning Resources, where we produced, obviously, remote learning resources for teachers and students so they can talk about this information inside their classrooms. And at that time, uh, teachers, so many of our teachers were grappling with available materials on this very important topic. Because let me just point it out, no, doon po sa MIL curriculum uh, that, was, um, that was published by the Department of Education in 2016 and um, is still being implemented until today, wala talagang nakasulat doon tungkol sa disinformation, no? that teachers do not necessarily have to teach about this information or fake news unless they are interested in this topic or that they find it important in the class. So, nung pumasok po tayo sa pandemic, we made it a point that this is the topic that uh, MIL teachers have to teach in their classroom. So, we produced many resources. Aside from that, we also produced this book, the one that you're seeing in my background, um, out of the box work with our colleagues from the IVLP, no, sa International Visitor Leadership Program ng U.S. State Department, uh, where we published this MIL for Democracy Handbook, which, of course, uh, same objectives. We try to help our Filipino teachers uh, learn all of these other topics that are not necessarily available to them, no, contextualize it, in the experience of Filipinos, pag-usapan natin yung press freedom, batay sa karanasan natin dito sa Pilipinas, pag-usapan natin yung digital security, digital safety, sa konteksyo ng Pilipinas. So, I think these are the successes that we are very proud to tell um, uh, our friends no, when it comes to the work that we do in Out of the Box, how we are able to reach Filipino teachers and students, and how we are able to empower them to not only to not only um, say for example learn from the very materials that we produce but they themselves no uh, we do a lot of competitions for students for example no na kung saan yung mga students yung mga kabataan gumagawa sila ng mga media content and media campaign that um, that 
are that offer alternative and new messages. These are all part of uh, uh, the projects that we do that I think uh, we're very, very happy that we've had successes in. Ay, may isa pa palang tanong si Ariza, no? Tungkol naman din sa uh, challenges. Yes, challenges no, naman. Right. So, challenges apart from the successes you've had, yes. Um, challenge yung gobyerno natin ngayon. <laughs> Na-delay pa ako, inisip ko kung sasabihin ko. It's, it's a challenge, I think, because um, uh, for us, the... Um, information environment that we have today is very much um, politicized in terms of uh, whether you are pro-Marcos or anti-Marcos. No? Merong pag-aaral na ang title ay Parallel Public Spheres in uh, Professor Jonathan Ong, which is about the 2022 national elections. Na kung saan pinag-usapan nila doon na noong nakaraang eleksyon, para bang merong dalawang Pilipinas, no? merong isang pro-Marcos plus na isang anti-Marcos or the other camp, no? yung mga kakamping uh, halimbawa. And this is a challenge for us in media literacy because obviously talking about these conversations is important to us in order to um, have a robust and working democracy. But because of the memes, because of the hate speech, because of all these propaganda movies that are being um, produced left and right, um, it makes it difficult to talk about these topics in a space that uh, is empowering. So, parte yun, no, ng mga nakikita naming problema for media literacy na dapat makamove on tayo dun sa discourse ng fake versus fact na kung saan we try to introduce other agenda, for example, how to um, how to start difficult conversations and how this is part of media literacy as well. So I think, ano, na, remember what I mentioned earlier. So in, <laughs> I mean, we, we all go back to that uh, space where before there was no freedom. Now there is freedom, but because there's freedom, um, people are putting... Uh, terrible. I mean, really, the, the the space you're talking about now is very difficult to move because it's very polarized. Like even in Facebook, no, when you have conversations with your friends, some are kakamping, some are BBM, some are Sara. Uh, I went for your, but <laughs> but, but funny, diba? Parang So both of your friends are still arguing after elections. And yet, you know, the poverty continues the lack of access to to information <laughs> we talk about uh, uh media information literacy you have 28 million learners out there who are uh, who are now learning the platforms who are digital natives as well for those who have access <laughs> but for those who don't have access they're still out there and and, and you know uh, i think tamaka the conversations should be moving towards that. Ano bang magagawa ng... Kasi before, there was a study that um, when where the internet is pervasive, the country is more progressive. So you talk about countries like Korea where, where internet is very fast, etc. And then the creative industry, which is gaming, is also very strong and, and is a multi-billion dollar industry. So here in the Philippines, you're still... Uh, we're still caught in that 
na ano ako doon sa ano ba yung term mo move on. <laughs> Di ba? Oh, mag-move on na kayo diyan. Tapos na yung like like we were discussing ni Arisa before. It, it it was never a family feud. It was always a feud between um, freedom and and uh, tyranny. So <laughs> parang ganoon ngayon no, it's it's different. It's so um, there was a theory that well, uh, I don't know if you've read that uh, it's an old book. It's called Big Brother. So sabi nila in the future there will be uh, a big brother watching all over all of us. That was the theory. And then sabi nila, oh, yan na yun, yung internet. But eventually it became democratized. And now it's it's also consolidating. You have the likes of Google and Facebook or, or Meta na, na really, sa totoo lang, uh, we are the product. Uh, come to think of it, di ba? Uh, so siguro just to add to Sir Nato's observations as well, um, because for me, this is all about the question of the significance of media literacy. Eh. Tayo, yeah. We understand media literacy because we work in the civil society or we work with yeah. media, journalism, or um, communications. But I had a, I remember having a conversation at 2019 elections pato with somebody mm-hmm. who was just ano, um, eh, one of the people working in the political campaigns. Tapos, we were talking about press freedom at that time. And then, sabi niya sa akin, bakit po pag-uusapan yung press freedom? Eh, hindi naman yan nakakain. Hindi naman yan magbibigay ng, ng roof over na. your head. Hindi naman yeah. siya magpapaaral ng anak mo. So, bakit mo siya papag-usapan? So, I, I, I've always remembered that conversation because I kept asking myself, oh nga no, why, how do, I know, you know, innately that press freedom, media literacy, these things are important, but how do we convince people who don't have food on their table regularly or who don't have roofs over their head to care about these issues the same way that we do? And siguro that's the question din na tinutumbok kanina ni Sir Nato. If you could enlighten us more. Mahirap, mahirap na tanong, no? Totoo kasi yun talaga, no, na um sa bigger realm of things um yeah. baka yung media literacy wala pa siya sa top priorities in terms of all of these different agenda that governments and even civil society would want to push forward uh, pero maganda yung sinabi ni Ariza for example na uh, yung isang pamilya na hindi sapat yung kinikita ng uh, mga magulang halimbawa, walang pagkain sa lamesa. Pero may cellphone naman sila. No? O halimbawa, <laughs> nakiklik pa rin sila ng radyo. Nagtitiktok din sila halimbawa. No? Um, ang pagkakaiba lang, um, hindi siguro natin naiintindihan kung ano yung basis nila for engaging with these media. No? Because for the most part, for example, people use uh, social media, people use the internet, all of these uh, mobile devices really as a pastime, no? as a form of entertainment. Um, and maybe there's really not a very strong consciousness in terms of the influence or the effect of these uh, media messages, of these media practices to their lives. And that is what we try to do, no? Uh, well, first, we have to really understand ano ba yung current na needs and values ng mga Pilipino. At pag sinabi nating mga Pilipino, dapat very nuanced yung understanding natin. No? Na iba-iba talaga. No? Iba yung karanasan ng isang uh, middle class na nakatira sa urban area, na 
uh, nakapag-aral halimbawa at ibang iba ito sa isang Pilipino na nasa rural area na uh, agriculture halimbawa ang pinagkukuna ng uh, source of income and so on and so forth. So, iba't iba yung mga needs, yung values, yung media preferences, media behaviors. And so, the challenge is, paano tayo makakapag-design ng mga media literacy intervention na very well targeted? No? Um, kasi ngayon, sa konteksto actually ng social media, everything is very targeted. No? Na yes. Every, um, mas kilala pang araw tayo ng mga social media platforms kesa sa mga sarili natin. No? Uh, mas kilala pa nila tayo kesa yung kilala natin yung mga sarili natin. And even that alone, medyo mabigat siya na, na concept to, to grasp the way algorithms work. So I guess we really have to start with um, ideas that are easier to digest. No? And from there, talagang gradual no or step by step yung pag-introduce ng mga concepts that is why it's very important again if we put it in the context of MIL in the formal education setting hindi natin ino-offer yung MIL sa grade 11 or grade 12 na lang dapat elementary pa lang no uh, elementary pa lang uh, tinuturo na yung MIL naka-integrate siya na maayos sa ating curriculum across year levels So that when they arrive sa grade 11, pagdating nila sa tertiary level, for example, may kita mo talaga yung complexity na ng understanding nila. Um, that is the case no? sa mga progressive countries. Like for example, in Finland, no kindergarten pa lang ata or the earliest grades, familiar na sila sa notion ng disinformation at meron na silang topics. no Meron na silang mga lessons na um, naka-design talaga for young learners to deconstruct yung media na kinoconsume nila. Well, that's that's really good, no? I mean, if you think about it, yung sinasabi kong 28 million learner, learners, these are the young people, elementary <laughs> and uh, high school, no? Or not even senior high. So, ibig sabihin, yung 28 million na yon hindi pa naka-integrate sa curriculum nila yung MIL, right? So you're talking to people who are already using social media, who are already, you know, the buying impact, but the impact will, will, like what you were talking about, yung community building, yung gut issues like food, etc., access. Dun manggagaling yan dun sa 28 million. So, but it's a good thing that we're discussing it now because um, I think, Uh, it can be it can really be a consultation with the stakeholders especially DepEd no with with the secretary Sara na ma, 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 ma realize din to no I, i think it's not impossible to talk with the, with the with the secretary or even the policy makers that create the policies in legislation no? or in the legislature yon but again sige going back to our discussions on media information literacy kanina na discuss yung Teka, paano nga naman yung food? <laughs> paano nga naman? And then ako, I recently came from from uh, the provinces and dinalaw yung mga rural areas. No? So, ang layo talaga. In fact, in some areas, sabi nga ng mga PR consultants na kausap ko, eh, nato dito, radyo pa rin eh. <laughs> During the political campaign, effective pa rin radyo kasi nakikinig sila sa radyo. Hindi pa rin. Even now, ha? even now. Although, of course, may smartphone sila, but coverage is also an issue. Uh, uh, telco, telco presence is also an issue. That's why 
we're still we're still looking at uh, really making knowledge and information or the digital divide may digital divide pa rin eh <laughs> kasi sa highly urbanized cities parang wala na di ba pero when you go to the provinces into the interior barangays meron pa ring mga dead spots meron pa ring areas where we cannot reach so i think it's really it should like what you said it should really be it should be integrated into the curriculum um arisa any question before <laughs> yeah um Kanina, di ba, nagtanong ako kung paano natin maipapahayag sa mga kapwa natin Pilipino na napakahalaga ng media literacy. And I just randomly remembered na nung bata tayo, Marlon, um, and of course, nung mas bata si Sir Dato, kasi bata pa rin siya ngayon. Di ba, meron si Ernie Baron on TV. Yeah. Tapos parati niyang sinasabi, knowledge is power. And feeling ko that's one way to approach it. To not to position media literacy as parang a reactive tool that helps you filter through information but to position it as an empowering tool that people use that people can use to upgrade their lives at for me parang turning that thought around on its head parang um i think is really good to help people na parang sasabihin mo sa kanila, oh, okay, meron kang literacy kasi marunong kang magbasa ng libro. Meron kang computer literacy kasi marunong kang gumamit ng computer or ng phone or ng digital device. At meron ka ding media literacy kasi halos lahat ng nakuha nating information outside of school galing sa media. Kaya ito yung mga kailangan mo para umangat ka sa buhay. And for me, you know, that, that really speaks, I think, to the power of what you and Out of the Box does. But I also have a question um, regarding how you see your organization moving into the future because there are so many new developments these days like chat GPT, the, um, the metaverse, right? People moving into virtual realms using virtual reality, augmented reality. Um, and even in the Philippines, you know, so many GCash users, may mga digital banks na even our national ID system is digital. Yung PhilSys, diba? So meron na tayong mga e-fill ID, na lang siya physical na ID. So what do you see out of the box doing amid all these developments and also the future of possibly promoting media literacy in the Philippines? Right. Ang future nito, bawal talaga magpahinga. <laughs> Walang pahinga. <laughs> Walang pahinga ang media literacy movement sa Pilipinas. Kasi, kasi nga, um, we're seeing a future where we need more intersectoral conversations. Uh, we, Since we got involved with this project, um, this global project called the Greater Internet Freedom Project of Internews and USAID. Uh, we have integrated it no, in our framework where uh, digital rights and digital security um, has become streamlined in the very um, campaigns that we are doing. So um, at least in the past couple of years, we've had many opportunities to have conversations with digital rights activists and civil society as well and figure out ways to, again, better streamline itong mga gantong klase ng usapin sa education, sa level ng media and information literacy. Um, at syempre, kasama na rin nun yung all of these new technologies that are emerging like with AI, 
uh, bots, ChatGPT, deepfakes, and all of these smart technologies na hindi talaga pwedeng maging static yung media literacy movement, not only in the Philippines, but in general. Um, tayo dito sa Pilipinas, um, we are uh, doing a lot of work in still developing our teachers because they are a very important ally. And of course, not only the uh, workhorses, no, not only the school teachers, but even the administrators, the people in the Department of Education, the school administrators, and all of these policymakers that are involved in designing yung education policy natin sa bansa. Other than that, of course, we are um, doing, trying our best to work with many different um, private media entities as well. As I have mentioned earlier, uh, we are in continuous dialogue. We work with uh, Meta Office in the Philippines, and we're hopefully work. Uh, we hopefully want to, you know. Uh, talk to other stakeholders as well. Yung isa sa mga ina-envision namin, hopefully we can do it this year, is to formalize an alliance of uh, media and information literacy actors across different fields. We started the initial steps last year during the Global Media and Information Literacy Week celebration here in the Philippines. We hold it every year, October 24 to 31. So this year, uh, then sa Global MIL Week, hopefully we can um, uh, mahigitan namin yung mga achievements na nagawa last year. And one of the things that I am really hoping we can do together with all of these wonderful um, actors in the MIL field is to come up with an alliance no, that can make our uh, policy agenda clearer. Magkaroon talaga siya ng direction. Siyempre, mas papakinggan ka ng gobyerno kapag mas malakas yung bosses. And mas makuha rin namin no, yung, yung interest ng iba't iba pang mga stakeholders who we haven't engaged with uh, in the past. Yun, yun yung nakikita namin. Grabe. Wow, very, very exciting. <laughs> and um, actually, to tell you honestly, Sir Dato, um, Marlon mm -hmm. and I last year were hopefully working on a project sana to promote more deliberative um, discussions, promoting democracy and that, all of that media literacy in the Philippines. Uh, sadly, it did not push through, uh, so we did not get a funder for it. But I think in the future, you know, we can keep coming back to it and hopefully um, other collaborations as well between our two organizations. Yeah, I think you know, there's access to people we can help with help you help uh get funding as well so we're open to that marlon this show is really for as i said nation building so ibang topics we discuss a lot of topics art uh, uh, rural reconstruction everything no? now but this is to me very significant because uh, it's really contemporary when you talk about chat gpt and what what its ability now is 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 really exponentially growing i don't know if you've read that article no grabe yung uh, exponential growth no I, I mean five years ago or seven years ago we were talking about chatbots and that was that simple <laughs> ano lang siya, very simple algorithm now it's multiplied into machine learning is really exponentially grown so um um we're also in a company that's doing meta uh metaverse and uh 
3.0 uh, things. <laughs> so, despite the age, no? <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, I'm also mentoring for the Innovation Center of UST. So, I get to meet a lot of DOST and NBICT people. So, we're maybe... Uh, I think media information literacy is really something we can go into and when we would really good help. Now we're 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 at that stage of the show where it's last like uh, last five minutes. And we'd like to ask you, Marlon, to share like what are your words for for possibly policymakers or people uh, we'd want to reach out there for media information literacy. So go ahead. Um, I've said a lot of things already, uh, a lot of things that our policymakers can pick up from, hopefully. Um, media and information literacy is um, definitely very relevant today, and it's at a point where we cannot afford for it to be static. Uh, there's so many developments, so many innovations that we have to do in this field, and um, it would be best if our... Um, if we, if our champions in the government can hear uh, the work that we do, and uh, there are so many other civil society organizations working in this community, na kailangan talaga natin itong streamline, popularize at mainstream, so that uh, we're not only uh, talking about these as ideas, but something na talaga nakikita natin na pinapractice ng bawat Pilipino. Because again, at the end of the day. Uh, hindi naman siya, you don't become media literate just because you want to be smart. Uh, media literacy is very much tied to democracy, to the overall dignity of life. And if we want better films, if we want better journalism, if we want better schools, then these are the kinds of things that we have to push for. You know. Okay, Thanks for that, Marlon. Um, can we give Marlon an opportunity to plug or promote uh, social media sure. pages or website or please, any opportunities please. that you have coming up? Thank you very much. Um, please follow Out of the Box in Facebook and in Instagram. We're also mm -hmm. on TikTok, but we're not very active. But we have an account. So yeah. just find, find us on Facebook and Instagram on YouTube, OOTB Media Literacy. We have a website. That's OOTBmedialiteracy.org. Right now, we're working on two projects. Ito nga po yung Take Control, Shift Habits, mm -hmm. Digital mm -hmm. Rights, and Digital Security Campaign. And the other one is the Media Detectives uh, Media Literacy Training on Interrogating Influence. So we are training uh, teachers on how to be media detectives. And of course, uh, it's still in October, but uh, it's, it's a long preparation that we are talking to different institutions. Uh, the Global MIL Week, October 24 to 31, if you're interested to uh, build projects or yeah. build ideas towards that, we're very much open to working with people. Oh, do invite us because like um, we're also, we also have our communities. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That we can really help this. So again, uh, Marlon, ladies and gentlemen, that was Marlon Nombrado. Of out of the box. Kanina sabi mo, oh, parang sabi ko, ang rinig ko OOTD. Yun naman yung basis. Yeah. So anyway, um, we'd love to have you again on the show. And ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank 
uh, Marlon, for sharing with us media information literacy and how it can all help us build a better country, a better nation. Ariza, thank you for inviting Marlon. And Yes, it's really my honor, sir. I, I'm, I'm really happy to have had this conversation and hopefully there's more to come. Yeah, let's let's collaborate. Uh, this this show hashtag Parasabayan is not just a show; it's also a, a venue for collaboration where we we uh, have communities. Uh, we introduce communities to to others who would want to collaborate. So, um, well, I know I know some people in the ICT, the USEC, and uh, the USEC in the ICT, and some people from the OST, and also the incubation space. So maybe they can also learn. And then maybe the DepEd, uh, some technical people from DepEd could should meet with you should <laughs> should meet with the with the with the team. No. Uh, all right, that's all. That's about all the time we have. We we'd really we're so glad you're you're you joined us, Marlon. Thank you, Ariza, and ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here on the season three and the thirty third episode of uh, hashtag Parasabayan leveling up media illiteracy in the Philippines with Nato Agbayani and Ariza Nakum. Thank you so much, Sir Nato, Marlon, and for all of you for joining our show today. It's really our pleasure to share our advocacies with the Philippines to make this world a better place. So maraming salamat and see you again next week. All right, see you at uh, GWWR. Ariza will be one of yes, the Yes, I will speakers. be there as well. Yeah. So let's watch so her. Let's, All right. Let's celebrate Women's Month. So yes, yes. we will see you there as well. I'm an honorary woman. So <laughs> <laughs> So thank you ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Good night. God bless you all. Bye-bye.